Father, we thank you for the opportunity to minister your word today, even as we begin to celebrate your faithfulness to us, individually your faithfulness to us as a church community, your faithfulness, O oh God, to this work that by your grace is impacting the nations around the world. Now give me utterance and give your people understanding in Jesus' name. I'm going to be brief. This may be the shortest sermon I preach uh, all year, but it's important that we hear this. Last week, we told you that you were what? Priests. Two weeks ago, we told you were priests. Last week, we told you that the priests offer sacrifices. In Hebrews chapter 13, we're told that the priest offers New Testament priests now. We offer two types of sacrifices. We offer what the Bible calls the sacrifice of praise. We offer with our lips. And we told you that your mouths are consecrated by God, declared holy and set apart for worship. And the words that we speak in the new covenant are sacrifices that we are offering up to God as a sacrifice of praise. Now, if all you heard last week is that, oh, you know, we're not supposed to use profanity. I'm not supposed to cuss. If that's all you heard, you didn't hear the message. The message is you are a priest. Your mouth is for worship. The purpose of your mouth is to glorify God. Therefore, let no unwholesome corrupt word come out of your mouth because every word is to be a word that will bring glory to God and will minister grace to people. Amen? Please listen to the sermon. Our, say my mouth is holy. My words are sacrifices that as a priest I offer to God. Amen? So every word that comes out of my mouth needs to glorify God so I can speak directly to God and glorify him. And also when I'm speaking to people, I need to honor the image of God in them so that the words of our mouth are pleasing unto God even as I speak to my husband, my wife, my children, my friend, my church member. Keep that in mind. You are priests and your mouth offers sacrifices to God. The second part of that tells us that not only do we offer sacrifices with our lips, we also offer sacrifices with our hands. The works that we do should be done always in the name of the Lord and for the glory of God. Because the Bible says, with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So I want to talk today about the sacrifices that we offer to God with the works of our hands. Last week, the words of our mouth as sacrifices. Today, very quickly, the works of our hands. What we do ought to be living sacrifices that we are offering to our God as we function in the office of the priests. Turn with me very quickly to First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. Every year, CNN does what they call the hero of the year, I guess, right? 
and they select a number of people that they feel were outstanding and then they choose the one person who they consider the hero of the year. I wonder if God was to provide us with his heroes of the year. I wonder who would be on that list. And I wonder what standard God would use to determine who the heroes are. I got a feeling God's list would look quite different than CNN's. And maybe would look different from ours. But I'm pretty sure that on God's list of outstanding heroes would be those men and women, many who have no titles, but who understand and have embraced their priestly ministry and who are functioning as priests unto God, offering him sacrifices of praise with the fruit of their lips and the works of their hands. Peter, I believe, helps us to understand what that looks like. And I'm going to be quick. But as priests who are offering up sacrifices unto God as a fulfillment of our ministry, let's read what Peter has to say. By the end, let's read together. By the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. I could preach on that, but we won't. Move on. Be hospitable to one another. Now, I want you to see as we read how many times he talks about one another, one another, one another, one another. Uh, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each of us has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion. So here are instructions that Paul, Peter is giving to New Testament priests. Remember, it is Peter who said in 1 Peter 2.10, you are a royal priesthood. Now he's giving instructions to us as priests in terms of what our lives should look like and how we should be occupying ourselves and our time as priests. And as we read that, it should be very clear, one, that God has called us as priests to the ministry of service. There are many books that are written that teach us or teach us to how to get the most out of life. But the truth is, the reason God created you and me and saved us is not so we can get the most out of life, but so we can give the most to life. 
You see, you and I were not created and then saved to be consumers. God, do, do, you, do you know why when you got saved or when we get saved, God doesn't immediately take us out of, out of, out of here and take us to heaven? Because there is work that he wants us to do in his name. And he has us here as priests, not primarily to be consumers, here to take and to get, but to be contributors, not to subtract, but to add to what's happening here on earth. And in order to do so, he has equipped us with gifts. Say gifts. God has given each of us gifts, spiritual gifts and natural gifts. And these gifts are to be used for his glory in order to add to this earth, but in particular, in order to supply the needs of one another in his body. The ministry of the priest is a ministry of service in which you use your natural and your spiritual gifts in order to minister, meet, supply the needs of one another principally in his body. When we read, it was to one another, to one another, to one another. The primary reason God has gifted me is that I may use my gift to minister to the members of his body. The primary reason God has gifted you, natural and spiritual, is that you might use those gifts to minister to his body. You and I are not to take those gifts and bury them. We are not to put them in a napkin and keep them or reserve them primarily for ourselves and our children. Are you listening to me? The gifts that God has given us are to be used in his church for the benefit of one another. That is the New Testament priestly function for which you have received gifts. And somebody said, but Bishop, I don't have no gift. That's not true. The scriptures that we read said he has, as all, each of us has received gifts. We all have gifts, both natural and spiritual. You know, just on, on a natural level, your brain is capable of, 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 of managing over 100 trillion facts. Your brain can make 15,000 decisions at a moment. You're sitting down here, and your brain is making 15,000 decisions at a time. I understand your, your, your nostril, you're able to discern, I think it's 10,000 different odors. I think something's wrong with mine because my wife said, but you, you don't smell. And I said, I don't know why your smell is so powerful because <laughs> I said, you have a small nostril, but you can smell, girl. <laughs> I'm not liking the way I'm sounding here. Uh, you listen to me, but here's the fact. 
We have gifts, natural and spiritual. And we need to acknowledge that they are from God. God, if you got a good brain, thank God for it. If you're good in math and science, my goodness, thank God for it. If you're good in, 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 in writing and in, in, in arts, thank God for it. If you have prophetic gifts and healing gifts and words of knowledge, thank God for it. These are all gifts that we're supposed to be acknowledging every day, and we need to understand why they're given to us. They're not given to us primarily for ourselves. They're not given to us even primarily for the world. Now, we will benefit, of course, the world will benefit, but they're given to us so that we can minister to one another in his body called the church. So what does that mean? It means each of us needs to be using our gifts. And we should stop burying them under a bunch of excuses. I don't have enough time. If you don't have enough time to use the gifts for the purpose of which God gave it, then you're misusing the gifts. May I repeat? I don't have enough time. If you don't have enough time to use your gifts for the purpose for which God gave it, which is to minister to one another in his body, then you are misusing the gifts. Because I guarantee you, if you prioritize the purpose for which the gifts were given, you would make time. Amen? So, this week we're celebrating. You're going to see one or two videos. We're, we're going to see one or two videos of people who are actually serving. And we want to show you those videos so we can be grateful for them. But hopefully also to inspire those of you who are not intentionally making yourself available to serve in any way. You're not using your gifts in any way to minister to others in this body, to say, you know what? God gifted me for this purpose, and I need to be using these gifts to minister to his body, because for this purpose, they were given to me. Why should you do this? Well, there are two reasons why you should be eager to do it, and we shouldn't have to beg or plead with you. There are two reasons in the text. One is, because that text says, when you use those gifts, God is glorified through Jesus Christ. There should be no other reason why I should want to stand before you and do what I'm doing. I'm using my gifts, by the way. I, nobody should have to beg me to do this since I know that by doing this, God is being glorified through Jesus Christ. That is the most compelling reason any one of us should need to do all that we can with what we have is that when I use my gifts and I make time to serve and to minister to each, to, to, one another, to others in the body, Christ is being glorified. God is being glorified through my life. Brothers and sisters, do you need any other reason? to serve than to bring glory to God. But here's another reason why you should do this. 
is because the scripture that we read said that he gives us gifts. And then he says, let everyone who speaks, go to verse 11. Everyone who speaks, oh, there it is. Let him speak as what? The oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. Now, what that says to you and me is that whenever you're speaking and using whatever gifts God has given you to serve, whether like I'm doing right now, I'm speaking, or whether you're using your gift in other ways to serve, he says you are actually using the ability that God gives you, which means God himself it has chosen to work through us. You see, God is working on earth, and God is working among us, but God has chosen not to work apart from us. That's why when we just ended the time of worship, I said, Jesus is here. The Son of God is still on the earth. He's the same yesterday, day, forever. 2,000 years ago, the Son of God worked through the body of a man called Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth's body was instrumentalized by the Son of God, and the Son of God worked through Jesus of Nazareth to do God's will. This is what Peter is alluding to. The Son of God is still on earth, but now he's no longer working through the body of Jesus of Nazareth because the body of Jesus of Nazareth is in heaven. So what body does he have to work through? Yours and mine. So one of the reasons I ought to be eager is because I get to have the Son of God, literally, working, living, expressing, doing God's will through me. Hallelujah. Right now, even if you're sleeping, I don't care. Christ is working through me. Amen. And God is being glorified because his son is working through me. God doesn't look to see whether you're awake or not to be glorified. All he wants to see is that I'm allowing Christ to work through me. Hallelujah. And I'm allowing Christ to work through me whether you say amen or not. But I'm really describing to you an attitude you should have. Every time you're using whatever gift you have, whether you're ushering and you're using that gift of hospitality, whether you are organizing and using your gift of administration, uh, you're praying for somebody and using your gift of healing. Whatever gift you're using, you ought to be mindful. It is Christ at that moment working through you, and he's empowering you to do that thing. That should be your attitude. Right now, that's my attitude. Christ is working through me. Christ is empowering me to say what I'm saying. Whether you sleep or not, that's your business. But you know what? The reality is when you believe that, you will see fruit. Because now you're not depending on yourself. You're acknowledging my gifts are gifts. They're his gifts. They're his abilities that I work in me. And when I choose to use those gifts, I'm choosing to allow Christ himself to instrumentalize me and work through me for the glory of God. Wow. I like that. Say hallelujah. In Jesus' name. So I end with this illustration. In World War, World War II, there, a church was bombed. And 
there was a statue of Christ in the courtyard, and that statue was was damaged severely, but it was restored, but they never found the hands that the hands of Jesus that were on that statue that was destroyed and they never found it. And they intentionally did not try to reproduce new hands. They left the statue without hands because they felt it conveyed a very important message. And so on the plaque, these words were written. Your hands are the only hands that Christ has. Here's the truth. God is working. God wants to work on earth among us. But God has chosen not to work apart from you and only to work through us. So literally, we are the only hands he has to do his work on the earth. Would you please present your hands to him and let him work through them for his glory in Jesus name and everybody said I told you I'll be short amen I just got some instructions when you get the good news that you're going to get the key word is just text testimony Testimony to our church's number, 301-588-8099. 301-588-8099. Just text the word testimony and share the good news so we can glorify God with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.